Anna McCutcheon, and welcome to Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grains. You're listening to episode 32. This is a podcast intended to compel the army of God to love and protect the church. Folks, love is a battlefield, and sometimes we just need to pause, sharpen our sword, drink a good cup of joe, and remember that we are not fighting in this war alone. We all want to make an impact for the Lord, for our families, for our churches, and of course, ourselves. Every other Friday, we talk here about one way to do that well, and today is no different. Listen in. In legal ease, lawyers say that silence is consent. So when an attorney doesn't defend his clients faithfully and cover all the bases or address all the issues so his client can decline the charges in court, that gives the plaintiff's attorney wiggle room to work with. Voicing the truth is really important right now, but we must be careful that the truth we share aligns with good doctrine and facts before we speak it. Fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of offending someone, fear of losing friends, drawing battle lines. Who among us is not guilty of being silenced by one or more of these? And I know that you can't see them, but I am raising both of my hands over here. It's time to state the obvious truth that we have spoken quite loudly when we don't say anything. I have come to the belief that fear is the devil's muzzle for Christians. A good friend of mine, who we will name Jane for this story, was doing an anti-abortion training with her husband at the church we both attend. She and her husband had been part of the anti-abortion movement for years, and their experience is invaluable. The Wednesday night before the training, she came to me and asked if she could run a story by me she wanted to share that Saturday at the training. I said, of course. Her story was several minutes long, but she had me right out of the gate and brought me to involuntary tears by the end. She simply wanted to make the point that we don't have to be afraid when we speak up for truth especially when fighting for an issue that is so paramount and important to God. God will take care of his soldiers. At the end of the incredible story, she asked if it was too long, and if so, what I thought she should leave out. My answer? I think you need to tell the whole story. Don't let the devil muzzle you. I couldn't personally attend the training, but the next time I saw Jane, I asked how it went, and she said she told the whole story, and she said she just kept hearing my words, don't let the devil muzzle you, and kept going. This is not me praising my amazing wisdom or anything silly like that. It's sharing how easy it is for a fierce Christian warrior like she is to be deceived into believing that her story in its entirety of God working mightily on her behalf after she was put in jail for defending life was not worth sharing. Christians surrender ground to our defeated foe all the time by simply keeping silent. Psalm 30 verse 9 is a solid piece of truth that speaks directly to this. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Instead, our wrestling becomes us fighting to reclaim territory that was already won at one time by Jesus Christ himself. Our founders would be horrified at this game we play with the devil. 
America had never surrendered after winning until the pastor started to disrespect the word of God and allow loser versions to seep into churches everywhere. If pastors don't respect and obey the Bible, why should we get upset over them not respecting the Constitution and fighting for their individual rights? Let's not confuse what God allows with what God desires. Abortion is allowed in our land. Does God desire murder of the innocent? We allow same-sex marriage in our nation. Did God put his stamp of approval on that? Don't be ridiculous. God desires life. God desires a marriage union between a man and a woman. God desires for his soldiers to defend these truths without backing away from the enemy's fire. Listen up, soldiers. The days of walking on pins and needles are over. The days of worrying about feelings have ended. And I declare it's time to step on some toes and take our country back. Are you in the mood for some heroic motivation? Me too. In 1519, Hernan Cortez landed in Veracruz, what we know now as Mexico, to overthrow the Aztecs and take hold of the vast treasures of gold and silver if they won. Cortez landed with only 600 men, and they reportedly didn't have any armor, unlike their Aztec counterparts. And get this, Cortez demanded the ships be burnt. Imagine an army up in arms on the shores of Mexico, looking at each other, thinking their leader had turned into some madman. The idea was simple, creative, thought-provoking, and most of all, it actually worked. Cortez's army had no way to retreat, no way to get back home if things didn't go their way. This army was either going to be successful or go down fighting. There was no turning back here. The idea of having no other option spurred the army into a grit mindset that was so motivating, it was genius. The troops wanted to get home to their family, and the only way that would happen would be from winning every battle they faced over the next two years. They won, and they won, and they won, and now the story and the phrase, burn the ships, is used as a great example of how people can do extraordinary things when they put their minds to it and get rid of their exit strategy altogether. I read recently of another soldier fighting in Italy during World War II, and he didn't have an exit strategy either. Sergeant Sylvester Antelok charged 200 yards over flat, coverless terrain to destroy an enemy machine gun nest during the second day of the offensive that broke through the German cordon of steel around the Anzio beachhead. A full 30 yards ahead of his squad, he ran into enemy machine gun, machine pistol, and rifle fire. Three times he was struck by bullets and knocked to the ground, but each time he struggled to his feet to continue his relentless advance. With one shoulder deeply gashed and his right arm shattered, he continued to rush directly into the enemy fire concentration with his submachine gun wedged under his uninjured arm until within 15 yards of the enemy's strong point where he opened fire at deadly close range, killing two Germans and forcing the remaining to surrender. He reorganized his men and, refusing to seek medical attention so badly needed, chose to lead the way toward another strong point a hundred yards away. Utterly disregarding the hail of bullets concentrated on him, he had stormed ahead nearly three-fourths of the space between strong points, 
when he was instantly killed by hostile enemy fire. But, inspired by Sergeant Antelok's courage, his squad went on to overwhelm the enemy and take another stronghold. Soldiers, it's real. It's like really real. Spiritual warfare is real. It takes grit. It takes courage. It takes sacrifice. Sergeant Antelok was directly responsible for eliminating 20 German soldiers, capturing an enemy machine gun, and clearing the path for his company to advance. So what is your contribution to the war raging all around us at present? Are you dismantling the enemy's line in your prayer closet? Are you hurt but still believe the mission in front of you is more important than the pain? Are you prepared to take a stand where the open fire is and draw a clear line in the sand? These are the kinds of soldiers we need. Burn the ships. Don't look back. Stand. Let's talk about one of my exit strategies for a sec. Actually, it's more of a sidebar break rather than an exit strategy. Flat whites and chocolate. That's the answer. When I need space, a break, a different roadmap, whatever, I go to this locally owned coffee shop with the cushiest of couches, order a flat white, and everything is right in the world again. A flat white is one espresso shot with two shots of steamed milk. Very similar to a latte, but the magic is how the foam is handled. For a proper flat white, the milk is folded in on itself in order to create a smooth, velvety texture throughout with zero bubbles. This way, it melts into the espresso and gives it a richer taste altogether. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, I post weekly to Instagram, where you can find me at author Anna McCutcheon. You can also find me over at AnnaMcCutcheon.com. We do provide a transcript for each episode, so if you know someone who either can't hear or prefers reading to listening, you can download the transcript at AnnaMcCutcheon.com slash podcast. Just click on episode 32 for this one. Guillaume Polinaire, a French lieutenant from the First World War, was actually a tremendous poet, story writer, and playwright. His greatest works seem to have come after taking a bullet to the head and recovering. One of his poems will wrap this episode up nicely. Come to the edge, he said. They said, we are afraid. Come to the edge, he said. They came, he pushed them, and they flew. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.